this is Trey. Thank you for joining us for another Thursday edition as we creep closer and closer and closer to, I guess, Labor Day and the unofficial start to autumn or fall. You know what I don't know, Mary Linkson, and you may. What's that? Some people call it fall and some people call it autumn. What is the difference and why would you use one over the other? You know, I don't know. I know poetically it sounds better to say autumn, but I use both. So I don't know the actual reason. I don't either. And I, I know girls name autumn, but I don't know when the girls name fall or guys name <laughs> fall for that matter. That's true. I mean, there always could be somebody named that, but I haven't met them yet. No, I, I know people named summer. Mm-hmm. But in any event, not to digress, <laughs> uh, it's wonderful uh, to hear your voice. And I cannot wait to hear what is on the minds of the people that are kind enough to listen to your podcast. Well, thank you for having me. And I always look forward to hearing what's on people's minds. We have another great set of thoughtful questions this week. So I guess we'll go ahead and get started. We'll start with a legal question from Chris in Missouri. He writes, in ongoing trials, the jury is always admonished not to read, watch, or talk about anything to do with the case outside of the courtroom. Does this apply to the judge as well? Has this ever been an issue? Chris, that is a great question, and it requires not my normal amount of backing up, um, but a little bit, because the answer to your question technically is it depends. That's the real answer to your question is it depends. The practical answer to your question is judges are different. And, and so I'll tell you what I mean by that. Juries are finders of fact. Okay. That's what juries do. Hmm. They find the fact. Was the light red or green? Was um, the person on trial is that really the same person in the surveillance video that robbed the 7-Eleven? They decide facts. Was it raining? Who was speeding? And so you want that decision to only come from the evidence that is in front of you. Now, that doesn't mean that's all the evidence that there is. I mean, let's assume it's a speeding case. Let's assume that someone is on trial. Let's pick somebody that I like to put on trial, John Ratcliffe. John Ratcliffe is on trial for speeding. All right. So he's presumed innocent. You're on the jury. It is highly relevant that he has 20 prior convictions for speeding. Don't you think? I mean, don't you think that's highly relevant? The guy is a serial speeder. <laughs> but a jury will never hear that because the law considers that to be irrelevant. It really is relevant. It's very relevant. It's also just very prejudicial. So a jury won't get to hear that. Mm. So I'm reluctant to say the jury makes its decision based on all the facts. A jury makes its decision based on all relevant, admissible facts. And what you don't want is them making their mind up based on something like a criminal record of a defendant. I mean, the law is pretty clear on that. I mean, if a defendant doesn't testify, absent some really, really unusual fact pattern, the fact that a defendant has a criminal history never gets before the jury. So the judge is telling the jury, don't read the newspaper, because you know that's going to be in the newspaper article. You know it. Or let's assume the defendant was charged but found not guilty of two other homicides. 
human nature is such that someone on the jury, if he reads that or watches that or gets that on social media, is going to think, wow, darn the luck. This is the third time you've been charged with murder. Where there's smoke, there's fire. That's exactly what you don't want juries to do. The judge hears all of that stuff. The judge already knows a ton of stuff that the jury does not know. What I think Chris may be getting at is what if there is no jury? What if it's a bench trial? Mm. And I'm not going to go on the facts, Mary Langston, because you have such a sensitive, sweet spirit about you. I do not want to go into the facts other than to say, are you old enough to remember a really, really bad fact pattern involving a young woman who attended Clemson University? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Okay. You are old enough to remember that? Mm-hmm. All right. That was a bench trial. That was a trial in front of my friend, Ned Miller. He was the judge, but he was also the jury. There was no jury of 12. It was a bench trial. Those are rare. They're unusual, but they do happen. So the judge is the finder of fact. But he also has to make decisions based on the law. So if there's a question about whether or not something related to this defendant's name was Jerry Buck Inman, something related to his criminal history, how in the world can Judge Ned Miller rule on the admissibility of that evidence, but finder of fact Ned Miller put it out of his head? You can't. So judges, even when they are the finder of fact, have to make decisions that ordinary members of the jury do not. Now, you also count on judges, and this is where I really, really like, well, I don't want to sit here and start talking about judges I like, because then people are going to, well, I don't have anything pending in front of either one of these guys, so there's not a thing in the world they can do to help me or hurt me. Mm. But John Few, I've heard talk about this, who's on the South Carolina Supreme Court, and Marvin Quattlebaum, who's on the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals. The humility to disagree with yourself, the, the discipline to say, gosh, I think this probably happened, but you didn't prove it. How many people have the mental discipline to be able to I mean, so many people go with their gut instinct. You know, my, my, my gut instinct tells me you did it. Or I, I have a feeling. I just think you did it. That's what most people do. Can you say, I think you did it, but it was not proven to me? That requires a certain discipline. Mm-hmm. And we expect judges to have that kind of discipline. So judges do play by a different set of rules for two reasons. Because they have to. And because we expect judges to be able to separate out what is admissible, not admissible, relevant, not relevant, and that the prejudicial effect of some really, really inflammatory piece of evidence. One more example, we'll move on. I mean, you don't want juries seeing awful, awful, awful crime scene photos. I mean, they can see some of them, but there are some that judges are just not going to allow the jury to see. (laughs) But guess what word I just used? Judges are not going to allow the jury to see. The judge has to look at it and decide. 
So judges play by a different set of rules, but I would be willing to bet you most judges don't watch stuff on the news and they don't read the paper because they're not deciding who did it. Usually they're deciding what the rules are and making the other two, making both sides play by the rules. So most judges I know, I've I've never actually never heard a judge say, you know, I read something in a newspaper article. I mean, lastly, before we leave this point, you sit there and think, I mean, why would you rely on no offense to people in the in the media? When I was a prosecutor, I used to sit there and think, why would I rely on what somebody in the newspaper said? I've got the whole daggum case file in front of me. Mm. I've interviewed every witness. (laughs) Why would I like rely on what a reporter said? That's not like really good evidence. The really good evidence is coming from the eyewitnesses that I've already talked to. Oh, that's a long answer, but that's the best answer I can give you for that one. Well, thank you for answering it. Thank you, Chris, for that question. Maybe that makes Our, sense. It did. I feel like I was in law school class, and I'm also fascinated by the jury process and also judges' roles in that. So that was interesting to break down. And, and see, that's the problem when you have a personality like yours and Terry's is you never know whether the person really found it interesting or not. I mean, I I remember, I remember one time we were talking, I think we were in the car going somewhere to some event. And I think I asked you about jury and like how you get jury service and all the things that go into it. And I think you were amazed that I was interested in it. Uh, well, I am amazed because no one is ever going to seat you on a jury, Mary Langston. So that is true. It's <laughs> just not going to happen because they're going to ask you a couple of questions and they're going to say, actually, recently we got a question about whether or not there are people from like other parts of the universe. Mm-hmm. Right? That's did. what they're going to think. They're, oh, they're gonna, no, I hope they're not. Think she's not from Earth. Like people like aren't that nice. So we can't seat her on our slip and fall jury because she's from a planet that we're not familiar with. Well, I hope they don't think that, but I, I think you're probably right. It might be a slim chance that I join a jury, although I think it would be an interesting process. I, here's what I'd be interested if you served on a jury. Would you be willing? Because you are every bit as nice as I say you are. But you also are principled. I mean, I I talk all the time about what a kind person you are, but you're also not going to do something that you don't think is right. Mm -hmm. What if the initial vote were 10 to 2 and you were in the 2? Would you doubt yourself enough to say, well, gosh, I mean, 10 other people can't be wrong. They They think the state proved the case. It's just me and... One other person who kind of slept through the trial, maybe I should just go along to get along. Or would you say, you know what? I respect y'all's opinion, but I don't think the state proved it beyond a reasonable doubt. I think I'd go with the second one. I'm sure I would have thoughts on, man, did I make the right decision? But I, I think I would stay with my first and final decision. I hope you would. And I hope you would on like day number six. <laughs> Because sometimes the judges leave you there until you until you can all 12 come to an agreement. Human beings are fascinating. But if mm-hmm. you like government, you should love juries. Because getting 12 people to agree on something is, it really is miraculous. I, every time it happened, I was, not every time, but often when it happened, I was stunned. Mm-hmm. It is amazing to think you have to have all 12 
You can't have just 11. You have to have 12. Yeah, all 12. We'll answer more of your questions when we come back. We'll move on to our last question, and it's from William in Florida, and it's sports-related. He writes, you like golf and college football, but what sport do you like the most to watch? Oh, William, I like almost every sport. Um, (laughs) As a general rule, college sports over pro sports. If you give me a choice between watching college football or pro football, college baseball or major league baseball, college basketball, men's or women's over NBA or WNBA, I'm always going to pick college. I would say college football is my favorite sport to watch, followed by college baseball, with the one exception maybe being major championship golf plus the Ryder Cup. Mm. So college over pro, college football, I mean, I cannot. I got a nice little package from Coach Shane Beamer. He was a very, very, very kind man he is. Uh, And he probably doesn't want me saying that, but, but I did. So there it is. Such a nice guy. I am so excited about college football, but it's only 12. You know, well, it's a little more than 12 Saturdays out of the year. I mean, you got bowl games and stuff like that, but it goes fast. So if that's all that makes you happy, and if you were to ask Terry, she would say that's all that makes him happy, <laughs> then you're really only happy from September until kind of early January, and that leaves a lot of the rest of the year. Mm-mm-mm. Well, we'll look forward to the good things that are coming, Trey, and thank you so much for answering those questions today. You're very welcome, Mary Langston, and thank you for um, always being so adroit at picking um, wonderful questions that are thought-provoking, and um, and you also had the very difficult challenge of trying to find questions that I could possibly know the answer to. <laughs> no, you always have wonderful answers and leave us thinking, and we appreciate y'all for sending us questions because we always have so many great ones to choose from, so we appreciate that. All right. You try to avoid jury service and have a great week. <laughs> I'll try. Uh, and if you do get called for jury service, uh, call me and I'll tell you how to get out of it. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. Y'all have a great week. All right. Y'all take care. Bye-bye. Listen ad-free with a Fox News Podcast Plus subscription on Apple Podcasts. And Amazon Prime members can listen to this show ad-free on the Amazon Music app. 